Welcome back to another episode of I Have Issues. It's your boy Vasos bringing you all the issues I've read this week. And we've got some good ones, man. It was another tough choice of what gets pick of the week this week. I mean, DC brought some good stuff. Marvel brought some really good stuff. And so did the indies, man. They brought all the fire. I want to take this, before I get any further, I want to take this moment and say I apologize for the audio quality of last week. Uh, I had some equipment issues, uh, and I was trying to make the best to make them work, so, but I apologize for that. Anyway, moving on, got that cleared up, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get into the issues, and let's talk about all the books that came out this week, September the 29th, 2021. First this week we have DC. Up first, we've got Batman Reptilian issue number four. So this completely caught me off guard. This is not what I was expecting. This completely threw my theory that Alfred <laughs> somehow was the uh, reptile monster or the reptilian monster killing all the villains. Um so basically, this is Batman going to talk with Croc. I guess Batman's kind of figured it out. And so... Yeah, he... Uh, I don't know. I, 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 this, I didn't not like it. I mean, it's really... The artwork is great because it's really dark and it's the same as it has been in the rest of this series. But I just... I don't know. To me, this is not how Batman would act I don't know I mean even the Dark Knight Returns Batman never would have it just didn't to me it didn't feel 100% natural like Batman um but like I said the artwork is great uh you find out how this rep or what this this reptilian uh thing is that it is a baby um and yeah so you kind of find out the gist of how how we got to where we are so overall it was it was okay that's batman reptilian issue number four up next we have batman superman issue 22 this i think is a one and done story so pretty much it was a calendar man and Mr. Mixelpit, ah, I can't even say his name. Mr. Mixelpitalik. Uh, basically, Calendar Man ends up, uh, you know, he's in he's in Arkham at a day, and Mr. Mixelpitalik saves him, and basically gives him his hat and his powers to kind of see whatever. And basically, Calendar Man ends up becoming aware he's in a comic book, and he learns Batman's identity. Uh, and he goes to attack him and Superman, uh, which Mr. Mixelpitalik thinks is hilarious that he's going to fight Superman. Um, so they kind of go about their thing. Uh, like I said, this everything ends up returning to normal by the end of this issue. 
Um, but it was fine. It was okay. Uh, yeah, it just... It, <laughs> it kind of takes a jab at uh, comic readers in general. Um, just kind of how the way things are, you know, and why we continue to read essentially almost the same type of story over and over and over again. Even though it's, you know, a different villain, a different this, a different that. But it essentially tells the exact same story. But I, I enjoyed the fourth wall breaking part of that, so it was pretty good. Well, okay, it wasn't pretty good. It was it was alright. But it was enjoyable. That was Batman Superman, issue number 22. Up next, we've got Deathstroke, Inc., issue number one. I believe this is Joshua Williamson who wrote this. Um, so, pretty much Deathstroke and Black Canary are working together. And... You know, they're going undercover to find the new Hype Queen. They're working for this group called Trust. And basically, Deathstroke and Black Canary both kind of have their own their own reasons for joining Trust and, and doing this and working with the other. Um, you don't really get Black Canaries, per se. She kind of stops... Uh, before she can, or before she has to tell Slade what's going, what, why, her, why she's in this, uh, Slade pretty much is just like, look, I'm bored, you know. I figure I'll try the hero route. <laughs> so, you know, he he wants to be a good guy because he's bored and he doesn't really know where he fits in in the world, and he figures, you know what, maybe I'll try being a good guy. So, overall, I enjoyed that. That was pretty fun. Um, I like the dynamic between Deathstroke and uh, Black Canary, so all in all, I'll keep reading. That's Deathstroke, Inc., issue number one. Up next, we have Detective Comics, issue 1043, with a backup story, The Road to Task Force Z. So, um, basically, it looks like some rogue, either parts of the Magistrate, or rogue police officers. I couldn't exactly tell who. I believe it's rogue. Uh, I believe it's rogue members of the magistrate basically attempt to take out uh, Mayor uh, Nako. And uh, so, you know, of course, that gets Batman involved because Nako starts kind of fighting back. They're doing all this thing. Simon Saint's plan's kind of falling a little bit apart. Um, so, yeah, it, it was it was interesting. Um, you know, Batman comes to save the day and all this other stuff. So, uh, and then you kind of see, or Nako kind of discovers uh, that Vile has kind of been. Uh, underground so to speak or he had been at work so there's uh more going on than just the magistrate and maybe scarecrow had a backup plan in case it failed so uh and yeah so that was pretty much the main story the backup story the road to task force z um it was it was okay you know of course batman saved uh, dev donovan again told her hey get out of the story kind of leaves red hood to, <laughs> to on his own uh, to battle the, uh, to, to fight whoever it was that was, uh, attacking and all this other stuff. And, uh, 
yeah, you kind of find out how he gets uh, roped into dealing with Task Force Z, which is going to be a new title going forward, which I did not know. But, um, yeah, overall, not bad. It's Detective Comics, issue number 1043. Up next, we have Justice League, issue number 68. So at the end of the last issue, we kind of left off on this... uh, this uh, Mexican standoff, if you will. Uh, basically, you know, the United Planets group was pissed off that uh, the Justice League basically locked uh, that Utopico in the Phantom Zone. They felt that that weapon was too powerful um, to be left in the Justice League's hands, yada, yada, yada. They said, that, you know, y'all turn it over. Justice League's like, hell no, we're not turning it over. And so they're kind of at an impasse and they're kind of you know, seeing who's going to flinch first type of thing. And, uh, so, uh, Batman kind of is ready to go. Superman's ready to go. The entire Justice League. And one of the members of the United Plan says, yep, you know what? You're right. We'll leave it with you guys. Um, we're out of here. We'll go home. <laughs> so, no fight happens. It was kind of like, whoa. I expected there to be a big fight after this, but uh, yeah, no, no fight. Uh, the Justice League kind of cleans up the Hall of Justice with super speed with uh, Wally and, and Superman. Um, yeah, that was pretty much the gist of the story. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I don't know how I felt about it, but it was it was all right. You know, it was funny. I was kind of like Black Adam. Black Adam's kind of like, damn, that was it. That was what we got. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, and then you've got the Justice League back or Justice League Dark backup story, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. So uh, the tides have kind of turned. Uh, Aquaman and his group of of warriors have kind of they've defeated you know Merlin's hordes and. Basically, Merlin has kind of, uh, he's had a backup plan, essentially. And, you know, Constantine thinks he has a, he has a plan, and, you know, he has Ragman help him out, and he thinks he's helping Zatanna, when really he kind of, I guess, played right into Merlin's hands. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this part of it kind of finishes out. Um... But actually, going back to the Justice League, there is a little bit more to the story. You kind of get the uh, fill-in, you know, Oliver Queen. Oh, hey, meet Checkmate. Uh, Justice League, Checkmate, Checkmate, Justice League. Um, and you kind of find out a little bit about the uh, group of Deathstrokes. So, so yeah, that was pretty much how Justice League went about. So, Justice League issue 68 should be fun going forward. Kind of redeemed itself a little bit. Uh, up next, we've got Legends of the Dark Knight, issue number five. This again involves Calendar Man. This time he gets uh, possessed by, I guess, an ancient uh, Martian. And, uh, you know, as Calendar Man's kind of been, has become obsessed with different calendars, whether it be like Mayan or all these different cultural calendars other than the traditional ones. So he's ramping up and he finds a Martian calendar and invokes the spirit into him and so Batman and Martian Manhunter kind of team up 
they do their thing. And overall, it was fun. It was self-contained, so I enjoyed it. That is Legends of the Dark Knight, issue number five. Up next, we have Robin, issue number six. The tournament begins. So there's a lot of action kind of going on. And not really a whole lot going on. <laughs> so it's showing the fights kind of, you know, how they how Robin basically blows through the first two rounds and has to wait for the third. Um, and he's kind of formed a friendship with, uh, with Flatline and, you know, him, Flatline, I believe Ravager, uh, Connor Hawk. There's a couple of people that have all kind of their interests align um, and Respawn kind of shows up and doesn't really she's not really on the same side as them she just kind of wants to win <laughs> um, but yeah so Damien basically devises a plan because he doesn't trust uh, Mother Soul and basically he devises a plan to where he can get a ho- his hands on her book um so all in all, he kind of finds out kind of at the end, he reads as to who she is from this book. Uh, we don't find out who it is yet, so we'll see. It's surprising Damien, so, which I guess isn't really that hard to do. But anyway, uh, that is Robin issue number six. And finally this week, we have Superman, Superman Son of Cal L issue number three. This is written by Tom Taylor. So this will be my first time talking about this ish or this series on the podcast. Uh, done so on the live stream, but uh, so basically, you know, John is preparing for for his dad to leave. You know, Superboy is preparing for Superman to leave to go off, but but Jonathan kind of knows. He knows the history. He knows the future uh, of what happens when Clark goes off. And, you know, he knows Clark never comes back. You know, um, so he he doesn't want Clark to go. He's like, Dad, you know, he, he doesn't directly tell him at first. He's kind of depressed or whatever. Um, and, you know, he's, you know, it's, it's nice father-son team up. Uh, they're saving people from this collapsing building. Um... And then, you know, Superboy, or John, goes off and meets with his friend, uh, Jay, who they've organized this protest because uh, the president of Gamora has basically demanded all the refugees be sent back to him um, and all this other stuff. And the refugees obviously don't want to go back. Um, and you've got people there protesting about the, the government, the U.S. government sending them back. And so, John shows up to join in the protest, and, you know, they're trying to disperse everybody. And John said, okay, well, if you're going to disperse everybody, or if you're going to start arresting people, start with me. And, you know, the, the police officer's kind of like, uh, we can't? <laughs> and John said, oh, no, no, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. So, John lets himself get taken in. He goes to jail, gets arrested, <laughs> um, and Clark kind of and Clark goes in there and bails him out. So Superman bails him out. Um, meanwhile, Jay is there, you know, attempting to try to to bail uh, John 
John out. So it was kind of cool. It was kind of neat. I liked the whole concept there. Uh, and then we had, uh, you know, basically Superman's like, oh, well, this is your friend. Hey, well, why don't you invite him to the family dinner, you know, that we're going to have. And so they kind of go off to the to Ma and Pa's, uh, the, the Clark uh, Clark Ranch or whatever. You know they ha- they have their basically their goodbyes and that's when John finally lays it on and says, "Dad, look, I know what happens, and you know I've seen the future. I know what happens in this time. You can't leave, you know." And basically Clark's like, "Look, you know what you've seen was maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but let me be in charge. How many times was I told that something was going to happen, and look what happened, you know?" didn't and the opposite happened you know so uh real touching there so but it's not all you know sad and uh good friendly goodbyes and a good lesson going forward because well shit kind (laughs) of hits the fan pretty quick there's not much time to grieve so um yeah gonna make for an exciting uh fourth issue that is superman son of cal l issue number three also out from dc comics this week we have action comics 1035 harley quinn issue number seven checkmate issue number four superman 1978 issue two wonder woman black and gold issue number four Batman vs. Bigby, a Wolf in Gotham, issue number one. I almost picked that up, but I just like, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, then we have Mr. Miracle, the Source of Freedom, issue number five. And finally, we have Ruby, Justice League, issue number six. And that was it for, for DC this week. All right, let's keep the issues rolling. Switching over to Marvel. Up first, we have the finale to Nick Spencer's run on Amazing Spider-Man with Amazing Spider-Man issue number 74 or 875, depending on which number you want to go with. Um, so this is the finale to the Kindred, the whole Kindred storyline. We're finally at the finish line. You finally see what Nick Spencer has been up to or what his whole plan was. From the get-go. So, you know, it starts out with basically Harry wakes up from a dream um, only to find out that hes it's not really a dream. It's just kind of a memory. He's dead and Mephisto is basically there, I guess, trying to make him uh, relive kind of all his failures and all this other stuff. And 
you know, he's like, you know, you'll, you know, you, you and Peter may have, you know, when you died, you may have ended on good terms, but, you know, you were a coward. You could have told him about all these things and really cleansed your soul, but you chose not to. And, you know, Harry's just kind of like, well, there wasn't time. You know, I was dying and, and I was ashamed. And my fist was just kind of like, well, that sucks for you because you should have made time. So, um, so then it cuts to, uh, the current time where Spider-Man is battling Kindred. Uh, you find out there's two Kindred, so it's both of the, uh, Stacy twins. Um, you find out it's both of them. They're basically clones, uh, too, so they constantly degenerate and all this other stuff, and, uh, you find out the, the actual Harry Osborn that we've been introduced to, or that has been around, he's a clone. Um, so... You know, Harry comes in to help. Uh, Norman tries to help. Well, Harry gets killed or gets, you know, hit in the chest by one of the kindreds. Um, And, you know, kind of sends Pete into a rage. And meanwhile, Doctor Strange and Mephisto are kind of having their whole back and forth, you know, commentary on what's going on and stuff like that. So, um, ultimately... Peter ends up getting the upper hand. Uh, MJ comes, of course, to help him save the day. And uh, so, you know, um, Harry dies, or this clone of Harry dies. Um, Norman kind of survives because Norman ends up confessing his sins kind of in the middle of it, you know, asking for forgiveness from Harry. Basically tries to offer himself up to be killed. Peter goes and saves him. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's interesting, and that and then you find out kind of after the battle's over, after you know Peter's won, uh, you kind of find out why Mephisto has done everything he's done to Peter Parker, why he's kept Peter and, and Mary Jane away. You find out that you know he's seen, he knows his destiny, he knows the end time, he knows what happens. And he knows that there's one hero that stands, that's able to, the one person, the one hero that's able to stand up to him and stop him. And he tries to, <coughs> he tries to frame it uh, to Doctor Strange as it's Peter. And Strange is like, "Look, don't bullshit me. I know, I can see through your your facade. I know, I've seen what you've seen, type of thing." And you find out it's not Peter. It's MJ and Peter's uh, daughter, Mayday, Mayday Parker. You find out that she's the one who takes up the Spider-Man mantle, and she is the one that stops Mephisto. That's why Mephisto has done all these things to keep them apart, you know, to destroy their marriage, you know, to keep them from conceiving May and all this other stuff. So it makes a lot of sense. All the uh, the uh, brand new day, one more day uh, storyline. It it helps make helps that make a little more sense. So, um, but yeah, I I really like the ending. This was a very good issue. This was a great way to go out. Um, this was a very strong contender for pick of the week. I went kind of back and forth on it. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was really good. And then there's of course there's a couple backup stories 
uh, three, I believe. So there's one where basically Peter's kind of questioning everything after the fact. He's, you know, talking to Uncle Ben at his gravesite. And uh, one of the, I guess one of Ben's old friends or their neighbors comes up and basically kind of starts talking to Peter and says, you know, maybe we got it all wrong. You know, all the things that Ben was trying to teach us. Um, and they kind of have a heart to heart and basically they understand each other. Um, and what Ben basically the lessons that Uncle Ben was trying to teach them to. So that was that was a nice backup story. Uh, then there was a uh, what's the other one? Oh, there was one with uh, basically it's an introduction to the Beyond Corporation uh, and Ben Riley and all this other stuff. So he gets his girlfriend out of jail or something like that. So nothing really crazy happened in that one. And then the last one was just basically a quick, a, a very, very quick uh, <laughs> understanding of, hey, if you haven't been reading Spider-Man, this is what happened. Here's the key highlights. And this is literally like maybe two to four pages. It's like, okay, here's what happened. Boom, 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 boom. Over the you know 875 issues, this is what happened. Blah, 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 blah. Boom, here's where we are. <laughs> so... Like I said, overall, I really enjoyed this book. That is Amazing Spider-Man, issue number 74, slash 875. All right, up next we have Extreme Carnage Omega. This is part eight, the finale to Extreme Carnage. So Senator Crane is up there doing his thing, giving his spiel, his speech, and he goes to bring up, uh, you know, his son. Uh, I forget what his son's name is, but... Goes to bring him up and basically gets, you know, a nice uh, symbiote tendril right through the chest. <laughs> and Carnage has revealed himself. Um, and then all the other symbiotes have kind of locked in all these other people that were there for the speech. And they kind of start going crazy and killing everybody. Uh, then Flash, uh, you know, Anti-Venom, Silence, Toxin, and Sleeper, who you find out was course lying dormant in uh hank uh which was uh flash's friend that he sent undercover and the last issue it looked like he was killed by riot and uh find out that you know sleeper was inside of him so he didn't die he just doesn't know that you know sleepers sleepers you know his you know is inside of him or that he's hosting uh sleeper so he comes out to help and all this other stuff. So it's just basically it's uh, Agony, Phage, and Lasher there, and they jump into battle with them. Uh, and then Iron Man decides he's gonna make a, an appearance, and uh, <laughs> so Tony comes in with the extremist armor um, symbiote, uh, and basically Carnage kind of fucks that whole thing up for him, and <laughs> so Tony basically gives Carnage a weapon and all this other stuff, and. You know, they kind of looks like when the good guys are getting the upper hand, Carnage decides, you know what? I'm gone. I don't need them. And he kind of bails and leaves the other symbiotes to their to their own uh, demise, if you will. And so they're captured and all this other stuff. So, and taken back to uh, Alchemax. I like this. I really did. I like the story. Um, and I like how they didn't just kill Carnage again. Or we're going to put him in a containment thing and... Just put him on ice. I like how he's just... He's escaped. He's out there. He's plotting his next... Uh, 
his next thing. So, like I said, I enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, it'll be nice to see you know what Agent Anti Venom go does going forward. What uh, what Silence does going forward. What uh, Toxin does going forward, and Sleeper and all that other stuff. So it'll be it'll be cool. That is Extreme Carnage, Omega, Part Eight. Up next, we have Inferno, number one, by Jonathan Hickman. So this was basically Moira McTaggart. Um, this goes back to all the whole um, her living multiple lives, you know, or being reincarnated, and kind of the conversation that Mystique and Destiny had with her before they killed her in her third life, um, and how she's kind of held a grudge against them. And how she's, you know, tried and tried and tried to convince Xavier and Magneto, you know, that, hey, you know, all these different things, if you listen to me, we wouldn't be in the position we're in type of thing. So, uh, you know, of course, then they start having attacks on uh, Nimrod. None of them go well. Uh, it's like they said they were up to like 16. And... Uh, Basically, Xavier and Magneto kind of come with his eyes like, well, we've tried killing him and attacking. Never works. And you've seen all these, you know, you've lived all these different lives and nothing works. What if instead of attacking him, we befriend Nimrod? Myra's kind of like, or Moira's just kind of like, well, fuck, it doesn't really work that way, I guess. But, um, so she's a little pissed, but she's holding a grudge against, uh, destiny she basically uh gives magneto and xavier this idea look you got to get mystique off the quiet council you know and keep destiny away because she's trying to kill me um and all this other stuff so let's just say the uh the whole trying to plan into the quiet council's uh, head idea of maybe getting Mystique out of there, it doesn't necessarily work. <laughs> so, yeah, be, it was interesting. I, I, it was a lot of back and forth, a lot of dialogue in this book, and a lot of callbacks to uh, House of X and Powers of uh, Ten. I really enjoyed it. Um, this was another book that was really, really strong, so uh, definitely worth checking out. That is Inferno issue number one. Up next we have Thor issue 17 by Donny Cates. I know it didn't win pick of the week. What is going on? Um, so basically, you know, it's Thor, Odin, Freya, and Angela are basically all sitting around covered in blood <laughs> from this a monster they just killed. Um, and basically, it was Freya's idea to get them there together. So Thor and Odin kind of hash out whatever squabble they have you know basically get it all out on the table get it get it out get past it um so that was the whole purpose of it because she realized it's messing with thor um you find out that it is actually canon that you know thor that freya is not thor's real mother that it is the phoenix um so that makes what was happening in avengers basically made it canon and acknowledged um and yeah i mean it was it was fine. I just it wasn't as hard hitting and impactful. Um, it does set up for the next issue pretty well, so 
but yeah, it was it was all right. You know, it wasn't the best Thor, but it still was good. That is Thor issue number 17. And finally, we have Wolverine issue number 16. So, I wasn't going to give this another chance. I was kind of done with it, but I thought, you know what? Let's just try one more. Let's, I think, from what I remembered, I was like, okay, this should be the finale of uh, this little arc. And it is, I believe. And I'm convinced now I think I want to drop it. I mean, it was all right. You know, of course, Wolverine's trying to get the Muramasa Blade and all this other stuff. Uh, he gets turned on and all this other... He gets double-crossed and then that person ends up double-crossing the other person. I don't know. There's a whole lot going on. The artwork was cool. A lot of fighting in this issue. It just, man, this... I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm kind of done with Wolverine. <laughs> um... I just, I don't know, I, I haven't enjoyed the series after the initial, the whole vamp fighting the vampires thing. It just kind of, everything kind of went downhill from there for me. So, maybe it was great for you, not so much for me. That's Thor, I'm not sorry, Thor, that's Wolverine issue 16. Also out from Marvel this week, we have Miles Morales Spider-Man issue 30. Star Wars issue 17. Sword, Issue 8. Non-Stop Spider-Man, Issue 5. Black Cat, Issue 10. Amazing Fantasy, Issue 3. The Marvels, Number 5. The Darkhold Alpha, Number 1. Darkhawk, Issue 2. And Winter Guard, Issue Number 2. So that was Marvel this week. Let's finish this out strong. And finishing up this week with the Indies. Up first from Boom Studios, we have Berserker, issue number five. So we find out more about uh, Utua, I believe is his name. Um, find out more about his past he's, as he's starting to remember more and more. Uh, the therapist goes to his house and is talking to him and all this other stuff. And, you know, he's relaxed and so he's able to remember more. And he basically tells her of all the different times that he's fallen in love and all the different consequences and things he's learned because of it, you know, and the heartache he's felt because they're not immortal or something bad happened to him. So he learned never to, you know, to procreate because the first time he fell in love and he did and he had a child, he was tortured and killed and he never saw the child again when he was resurrected. He never saw him. So... Um, all this other stuff and at one point you know he kind of gets built up and just kind of explodes all this energy uh, later on towards the end and I don't know if maybe the therapist is just kind of trying to BS him or whatever or if she's genuinely concerned about him um, 
because it looks pretty shady. <laughs> it looks pretty shady what they're uh, what they're doing to him and why you know the information they're trying to extract from him. So, uh, but it was interesting. I enjoyed it. That's Berserker issue number five. Up next from Image, we have crossover issue eight by Donny Cates. Um, so there's a quick rundown of everything that's happened. Uh, like a very like of all the panels, I guess from the previous seven issues, like it's all like really shrunk down. So if you want to like, if you read it digitally, I'm sure you can blow it up and, and look at it from there. Um, but basically, you know, uh, Ryan and Ellie have kind of they're hiding out in this hotel. Um, and then in comes the cops. They arrest them. All this, this, and this. You know, they're cross-examining Ryan. And basically, you know, he's just kind of, look, I don't know what to tell you, yada, yada, yada. So, and uh, he's just kind of, he doesn't really want to do anything. And basically say, okay, well, you're not going to interview any of the, the comic book characters. No, you're going to interview your dad. We're going to get you, you to talk about your dad and all this other stuff. So, other than that, there really was not... A whole lot of meat on the bone with this issue at least for me there wasn't so yeah uh i mean obviously i'm gonna keep going with this issue with this uh, this book so all right so that is crossover issue number eight up next we have department of truth issue number 13 so cole goes back home to a place he, home which he has not been since he was a kid he goes back to the same school that where he saw the Starman, a place he has not been since he was a kid <laughs> um and you know hawk is basically just kind of like look dude you know this is all kind of arranged and basically look here's here's what you need to do you need to make a choice either you kill me <laughs> Um, and then go kill the Starman, or you just kill the Starman, and you take, uh, uh, I forget what the guy, the, the Black Hat's name is, but he's, or you take him up on his offer, you know, he's planned on all this, you know, I, I've already had, you know, alert of the Department of Truth, and they're on their way here, you need to make your own decision, Cole, you need to figure out what side of the fence you want to be on. Um, so Cole's basically kind of led down into the basement of the school uh, while uh, Hawk is kind of explaining all this to him and he sees the Starman of course he's kind of like oh shit he actually is real you know I thought he was dead by now but um, so Cole's kind of tasked with this decision so uh, great artwork I like where it's going a lot of uh, suspense um, so yeah uh Definitely, definitely great. Definitely a lot of fun to read. That is Department of Truth, issue number 13. And then finally, we have Something is Killing the Children, issue 20 from Boom Studios. So this is the aftermath of when Erica passed the test. Uh, you see kind of how it's affected everybody else. Uh, you know, from... Uh, from Jessica, from uh, 
you know, Aaron and all this other stuff. Um, and you kind of see their all reactions to, hey, oh my God, she did it, you know, because they nobody expected her to pass this test. Everybody expected her to die. Um, and you know, the head mistress, I forget what her name is, but she basically shows up and is like, you know, this, um, uh, this, uh, Cecilia, that was her name. So she's basically like, you know, telling her, look, what you, what you did was almost impossible, but you know, we're glad you did, yada, yada, yada. And then she, uh, Cecilia kind of explains the different, uh, masks that all the different or you know part of the order wear um their significance and all this other stuff um and basically you know uh erica ends up having a sit down with the old dragon he kind of taunts her at first and kind of basically makes her feel like shit <laughs> and you know but she's just kind of like well fuck you dude type of th type of attitude and you know, she has this conversation with Jessica um, of how, you know, why is everybody like this? And, you know, Jessica's like, look, you just keep your head up. You do what you got to do. You know, you're, you're doing great and all this other stuff. And I'm proud of you. Um, keep your head up, essentially. So I liked it. I liked it. The story was great. It was very uh, emotional and very hard hitting as far as uh, on the emotion part and the story and the psychological part. Of them trying to get into her head basically make her a stone cold killer <laughs> um, and her kind of yeah whatever I know who I am type of thing with from Erica so um, like I said I really enjoyed it this is a great series the art of course is fantastic so I definitely cannot recommend this enough definitely pick this up and trade if you are not reading it or if you're trying to just now get into it this is a great uh, time to get caught up. That is Something is Killing the Children, issue number 20. Okay, also out from Boom this week, there's Firefly, River Run, issue number one. And then from Image, we also have Die, issue number 20. Undiscovered Country. Issue number uh, 16. I was going to say 15, but uh, issue 16, Undiscovered Country. Then we have Echo Lands, issue number 2. I picked up the number 1. I thought about getting the number 2, but I just I decided not to. I was like, you know what? It was cool. It was a nice gimmick. I just didn't do a whole lot of explaining and didn't give me a reason to come back for issue 2. So maybe I'll go back later and pick it up, but for now, not so much. Uh, then we have Adventure Man, issue number five. And finally, we have The Good Asian, issue number five. But wait, there is one more from Image. The Todd Father taking home. Pick of the week. It's Spawn, issue 322. And it's coming next. Pick of the week. 
for September 29, 2021. It's Spawn, issue number 322. Start out in a pitch black town. A blanket of darkness is spread across this rural area in a 12 mile radius. Nothing that gives light works. Electricity, batteries, even flames fail to do their job. The news is calling its origin mysterious and magical. But they're wrong. It's from the pits of hell. One of its chosen puppets is enraged, and that emotion unwittingly has been converted into power. As he stands over the imprisoned young woman and her baby, he cannot find the words to describe what he's thinking. Spawn in the shadows grits his teeth. He stands in the basement. The vampire looks at him. What'd you do to my dogs? They aren't listening to me. Is it because of the goddamn girl? We're from hell. We take what we want. Don't start going soft on me. Spawn growls. Only animal sounds resonate from him. The vampire laughs. He says, ha, She's ours, Spawn. You get that? She'll serve our pleasures. Do what we tell her to do. And in any position. Like a lion, Spawn attacks his prey. Spawn lunges at his enemy at the speed he's rarely shown. Ensnaring his enemy before he even has a chance to blink. As Spawn beats in to the vampire. Hitting him with his armor. Punching him across the face multiple times in the stomach. Spawn hits him hard enough to crush cartilage and crack bone around the nose and eye sockets. Another fist cracks three ribs, but this is too easy, too unsatisfying. So Spawn lets his prey go, knowing the weak will always make one last feeble attempt to survive. As the vampire grabs a gun, a shotgun, he points the gun at Spawn and says, you know what kind of shells I have in here, right? The kind that'll kill you. As he takes aim, what strikes this vampire in human form the most is that Spawn has suddenly become calm, almost peaceful in his breathing. Even when faced with the prospect of severe pain, he retracts his crimson cloak to reveal himself as he floats his arms palms up away from his sides. Spawn then says, Take your shot and stop threatening. The vampire opens fire on Spawn with multiple shots. Spawn walking through them. Spawn then fully exposed advances slowly towards his enemy, never breaking stride, never showing pain. The shots run through Spawn until finally no more bullets in the gun. The vampire says, what the fuck have you become? Click out of bullets. Don't you dare smile at me, you bastard. And then, one more last feeble effort. Spawn then cracks him in the face with his chain. Broken, the vampire struggles to breathe as he feels his body begin to quiver and sweat. Something is growing inside of him. Spawn then says, standing over him, I need you to say one word for me. Monday. Spawn gets in his face 
as bugs begin to crawl out of the vampire's mouth. Spawn taunting says again, That's it. Say it. Say Monday. Because if there's one thing Spawn knows, is that vampires rely on nourishment, draining blood from victims to sustain their compulsion to always be feeding. And so, any creatures or insects capable of absorbing that nutrition scares the shit out of them. The vampire tries to speak, but nothing is able to come out. Then for him, there is simply nothing. We then go back to the girl that was being held captive. Horror fills her eyes as she holds her baby close to her chest. She says, please. Blood still boiling, Spawn turns as the young girl whispers her plea, her voice breaking, his near hypnotic focus he'd been on, he'd been channeling at his enemy. Instead of a baby and a mother who desperately need this help. Though, for the last few minutes, Melissa has traumatically witnessed an ungodly fight. Naturally, she cowers as he nears. He needs to build some trust with her quickly, transforming into his Al Simmons form. Is the best play he has left. As he transforms to Al, he says, I promise, you're getting out of here tonight, you and your baby. But I need to touch you first. Can I do that? Can I pick you up? Please. Tepidly, she nods approval, though Al feels her body tense. Then, gradually begins to tremble when he lifts her in, her, in his arms. Years of abuse grants her the right to be scared now. She'll need transport with him into the dark. It's the only way to get her out of here, now that this entire town has been shrouded in black. Spawn says, ready? Hold your baby tight, okay? We then see a doctor. She says, I understand their stance. I'm saying it's unacceptable. I'll phone them in the morning to clear this up. A voice then says, Dr. Kepler, I need your help. So the doctor turns around, she says, who are you? Get out of here, I'm calling security. Al then steps out of the shadow, says, she needs your help. I'll beg if I have to, but I'm telling you, she needs someone, someone to, to, actually, I don't really know what she needs right now. The doctor says, who are you? Al continues, but it's not me. I'm better at other things. Now we go to the news anchors. CRN says, On a different note, a community is breathing a sigh of relief tonight. 22-year-old Melissa Haggins has been found alive. She had gone missing four years ago and was last seen walking home from her high school in Rock Island, Illinois, near the Iowa-Illinois border. A search went statewide with the FBI soon involved, and it became an interstate search as well. After six months, though, those federal authorities wound down their investigations, fearing the worst. Melissa's, Melissa's parents never lost hope, though, as a body was never uh, recovered. The young woman is currently under observation. She's reported in a satisfactory condition, but further details are pending. Under the care, as well, is the baby son she bore during her four-year ordeal. According to Melissa's mother, the girl had no idea where she was being held. Neither Melissa nor her baby were allowed to go outside. Physicians tell, tell us that the lack of natural sunlight can cause immune 
uh, immune function issues. The staff and crew here at the network join me in wishing all the best for these two survivors. Then the anchor on Info Now comes on. We have more on Melissa Hoggins' miraculous escape. Sources close to the family have leaked to us that Melissa's body was covered with scars along her arms and down on her back following her terrifying four-year ordeal. Some have said that they resemble tooth marks, though no specific details have been officially shared. Sadly, it has been rumored that her baby son, Kyle, also had some of the same scars following what we can only imagine was an unspeakable imprisonment. As for her kidnapper, authorities have said that they have no concrete leads other than it was a white male around the age of 40. A composite sketch is being drawn up and will be circulated through the media once Melissa is healthy enough to help the FBI further. For now, her mother and her father, as well as her entire family, are ecstatic to have their daughter back after losing hope that they never see her alive again. We then go to the Patriot. Look, usually I'm bombastic and hopped up telling you about the government overreach and all the political corporate madness, but this story about a young Melissa Haggins and her baby has given me a pause. It's hard to get worked up over another topic when you see some of the images of that girl entering the hospital on a stretcher. Let's pray that she makes a full recovery and that the bastard that did this to her is hunted down like a dog, like the dog that he is, and brought to justice. Now, in related news, we've just obtained, Melissa said that there was a person who was influential in her escape, wore a large red cape, and was dressed in black. To me, that sounds like the Spawn character we've been seeing becoming more and more public with his actions. If it, if it was indeed him, where is he after all this? And how did he find Melissa after all these years? We're all trying to come to grips with whether or not he's a hero or some kind of other connection to these strange events. Stay tuned. We then go back to Spawn with the vampire. As a nation is gripped with the story of Melissa's return, there is barely enough time for outlets to mention the strange blackout that has happened surrounding the area of Monroe, Mississippi. It has remained without power for days now. Along with attracting a strange influx of bats hovering over the town day and night. Spawn will deal will need to deal with that soon that problem soon enough. For now, though, there's only one thing on his mind. It's the vampire strung up by a chain. Wakes up. Spawn says, That's it. Wake up, Paul. We've all been waiting. Vampire says, what you doing? You've gone crazy. I didn't do anything. <coughs> Nothing you wouldn't have done. Spawn says, you need to be quiet. The vampire looks up at him. You gonna kill me? Spawn turns his head and says, perhaps. But like I said, I need you to be quiet. Before you do, I need you to say, Friday. The vampire responds, go to hell. Spawn says, say it, Paul. The vampire says, I'm not going. Spawn cuts him off, say it. 
week, weekly on Parsons. Friday. It's once as Exactly. Today's Friday. And you haven't eaten in nearly five days. For a vampire, that can be pretty severe. No blood. No food. It hurts, doesn't it? Not eating for so long. Like you made that poor girl suffer. Spawn and throws a rat down in front of him. Spawn says, that's right. Watch that mouse. Because whatever your body is trying to do to compensate for your lack of energy, I made sure those roaches ate it away from your insides. Spawn releases him from his chains. He falls to the floor. He then says, if you don't eat soon, you'll die. I'm going to give you a choice, though. That mouse is fresh blood. And down that skinny hallway, there's lots more blood on the other side. I know you can smell it. I'm also sure you noticed there's no spikes on my costume. I decided to put them to another use. Your decision right now is whether you're going to let those bugs eat you alive or seek out nourishment you need on the other side of that hall. If it'll make your choice easier, we can speed this up. There, now the bugs can smell you as he cuts the vampire across the face, leaving Paul with no choice. But upon entering the cramped passage, he sees that Spawn built an escape meant to be cruel, cruel and unavoidable. If there is any hope for Paul to survive. As he turns sideways, his body, no matter how slow or deliberate he moves, is cut over and over again. His stomach, legs, arms, and back are all ravaged from the protruding spikes from Spawn's symbiote costume. This hall wasn't built to be a passageway. It was built to be a torture chamber in hopes of, of reminding Paul about all the days he inflicted pain upon the teenage girl without a moment's pause for concern or compassion. Spawn wants to deliver the same courtesy back as he watches Paul struggle and scream. Spawn likewise doesn't give a shit how much the victim is hurting. With the bugs becoming more frenzied with each droplet of blood spilled, it only forces Paul, a low-ranked vampire, to hasten his pace, leading to more wounds on his body. This leads to more blood, then to more frenzy from the insects, forcing Paul to pick up his pace, turning this entire journey to a circular set of events with every step raising the stakes for those all involved and lost upon this vampire, who is beginning to gasp for breath is the number of actual embedded spikes on the two walls. Bleeding out, Paul continues on. There are 100,307. Spawn chose that number specifically. It's the number of days Melissa Haggins was held captive. The number of days she was being hurt emotionally or physically. Spawn hopes it's enough sharp edges to send his message. Through blinding pain, Paul pushes his ravaged body toward the light on the other side, finally escaping the sadistic punishment. Or so he thinks. As Spawn stands there with his two dogs chained up, he then says, Look at you, Paul. You look horrible. Guess I've been a bit abusive to you, like you were to your dogs. I can commune with animals, and I can tell you've beaten and abused them too. 
They haven't eaten in five days either. And they're starving. Isn't that right, boys? So the dogs begin to bark, showing their teeth, snapping. Spawn then throws him a key. says, here. This key unlocks a door on the other side. To leave here, you'll need to go back through the passage again. As the key bounces in front of Paul the Vampire, he says, but the bugs. As blood begins to pour out of his head and mouth, Spawn says, I know, but I promised your dogs I'd feed them on Friday. I'm not breaking that promise. The chains are released. As Paul desperately dives back into the hallway, he was slobber. He has slobbering company joining him. So dogs join. And someone in this house tonight is going to feast. Man, a brutal issue. That is Spawn, issue number 322. Spawn just straight up tortures this freaking vampire, dude. That was nuts. Causing him to bleed out. All these bugs. Crazy, man really really glad you know to get spawn on the board man this is uh this is definitely one of my favorite titles since i've uh got uh got back into reading spawn so good stuff pick of the week september 29 2021 spawn issue 322 And that's going to do it for this week, man. Spawn. Spawn taking home pick of the week. Man, some great books this week. Like I said, it was tough to pick a pick of the week because, I mean, you had a lot of great contenders. Something is Killing the Children was up there. was great. Uh, Berserker was was great. Department of Truth was great. Uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El, Kal-El was great. I was personally, uh, that's been one of my favorite books since I've actually started reading uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El. Um, you know, the Batman Reptilian was different. I mean, like I said, it was okay. Um, but definitely interesting. Um, and Thor was okay. wasn't its strongest, but, you know, it, it brought some good stuff. Inferno, man. Inferno was nuts, bro. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, a lot of interweave storytelling that's finally getting paid off so that was really good and then amazing spider-man i think that one was probably the one i struggled the most with as far as is it pick of the week is it not pick of the week amazing spider-man man i thought that that main story to end nick spencer's run i thought that was fan freaking tastic okay be sure and go and like and follow on social media both instagram and facebook at i.have.issues.comics. Check out the uh, live stream on Facebook Live every Sunday or sometimes late Saturday night. But anyway, uh, be sure and check those out when I go live on Facebook Live. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to. And be sure to tune in next week as I bring you more comic issues on I Have Issues.